Welcome to the On Stage with Wellness podcast. I'm Danny, And I'm Gina. We are performers turned certified health coaches who help artists reclaim their power and take intentional action in their life. Whether you are a performer who is tired of feeling burnt out, wants more control over your career, or you're looking for more support around your health and well-being, this podcast is for you. Tune in each week to get holistic lifestyle and nutrition tips for a sustainable career as a performer, practical tools to handle rejection, competition, and perfectionism, and inspiration and advice from experts walking the walk in the industry. Get ready to feel energized, confident, and fully in charge of you on and off the stage. And now, on with the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the On Stage with Wellness podcast. We have an amazing guest with us today. We're so excited to share her with you all. How's it going, Dan's? Good. Everything is. <laughs> John Holly you know, Jolly over here. Just trekking along. That's, that's what we're doing. All right. Today we have Alyssa Jawani. She is an actor, director, choreographer, singer, dancer, teacher, and arts administrator. Alyssa Jawani is a current student at New York University's Tisch School of Drama, pursuing a double major in theater and education in the BFA drama program. Alyssa founded and currently runs the Virtual Theater Co., an online theater education organization. Welcome, Alyssa. We're so glad you're here. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Hey, we're so excited to chat with you. I think what you're doing right now is so important and so neat. I mean, especially right mm-hmm. now we're in this wild time. But um, before we get into that, I kind of want to just, you know, start off, you know, asking you a little bit about your background. Um kind of what take us back to like the young days of young you know days. baby Alyssa first discovering theater what's like your earliest theater experience what made you hooked and what made you want to be involved and continue your career in theater yeah so growing up I was a big Bollywood fan that's what my family raised me on so I loved Bollywood music whether it was singing or dancing there was always music in my house which is like so fun um, and my family used to do like the personalized songs or whatever it was like good morning Alyssa it's time to start your day it's so cute and so like I've just grown up loving music so much and um I remember I did a musical in kindergarten it was stone soup and I was the grandma and for the record I'm really small I'm 411 now so you can imagine how tiny I was back then and I was the grandma Grandma all the way I know. (laughs) And I was like, soup from a stone, fancy that. And that was my thing. And like, just from then, I knew that like theater was a place where I was not completely like, I could be somebody else, but I was also more myself than anywhere else, which is like weird. But I mean, I can tell you guys know what I'm saying. Like, it was, it's always been that place for me. It's like my home. It's where I feel the most myself. And as I got older, I was bullied. I went, I was discriminated against. I had a long history of that through middle and high school, which is so hard, but like, it's so much a part of the experience, unfortunately. Um, But theater was like my escape from all of that. It was the place where I had a family. It was a place where I felt accepted. And even then I didn't have the best experience in theater because I went to a school that was predominantly white and the theater department itself was predominantly white. And so as a really small brown girl, I was not given the same opportunities, but I kept pushing anyways. And so I remember doing shows like Zombie Prom and Annie and um, the show that I knew that I wanted to pursue theater in was Big Fish my freshman year. 
Um, and I kept pushing. And then after Big Fish, that's when things started to get harder in high school of like people being like, oh no, like you didn't get, like I would audition for a role. One that pops into mind is Wednesday Adams. And people would tell me that I didn't get the role because I wasn't white enough to have to play Wednesday Adams. Uh. <laughs> Which like, what does that mean anyways? But okay. Right. Oh my God. <laughs> and so it's just one of those things. And I like I'd been growing up with things like that my whole life those little microaggressions those that type of racism and um I didn't realize how bad it was at the time I just thought that was a part of life and so what I did then was I knew that I wanted to come up with other ways I could be involved in theater um not just performing because to me going through what I'd gone through in high school performing wasn't like a viable career option is just performing because I was like what am I going to do when I can't get roles because I'm not white enough right and so what I did was I taught myself how to do everything and anything else I started doing backstage tech I'd help with set design I'd go in and do hair and makeup for all the shows I would be like a backstage coordinator for like the little 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 elementary school kids shows in my area um, I started choreographing and directing, which is like the two bigger things that I learned how to do. Um, and even arts administration, I joined like the big theater group in Seattle, Seattle Theater Group, and I started doing arts admin for them. And so I basically just found every other way to get involved too. Um, and I like to always say it's because I wanted to be in the room where it happened. So I just had to do everything. You wrote and Hamilton, <laughs> basically. <laughs> um, but that's what I did. So I just learned how to do everything. And I also kept performing. And um, it was tough. I mean, obviously, like throughout high school, there were a lot of roles I didn't get. The few ones that I did, I'm still super proud of. But um, then college auditions rolled around and I got into NYU. So it was like... <laughs> Okay, really, it wasn't for nothing. <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh. I love it. That's so um I just well what I love, let's say I didn't love everything you said because <laughs> some things obviously were are, you know, unfair. Mm. Um but I think what I love about you is that you didn't let that stop you because I think in some instances that might push some people away, but you know, it made you persevere and keep going. Um yeah. Did you feel like you had to push yourself harder because you were non-white? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's not to say that the people who the other kids in my theater department who are doing things aren't working hard. Um, I know like this industry is just incredibly competitive and difficult for everybody, yeah, but sure. it definitely felt like I had to work five times harder in different areas because there were just some things like my looks, I can't control them. And mm -hmm. while I'm proud of them now, there was a time where I did, I wasn't. And so I had to go through the work of like building myself up in all other aspects of performing and all this other stuff. And then I also had to become confident in myself. And that work is kind of the hardest, which I'm sure you guys know, like mm. that's the part that's really hard to like get that confidence in yourself because I have an amazing support system that's been lifting me up my whole life, but it didn't do anything for me in the end. It had to be me. You know what I mean? That like, finally I understood that I needed to be the one to do it for myself and believe in myself and only when that happened would things start happening for me. Mm. Yeah, Danny, I definitely, I definitely resonate with how you felt with her story, like having to work harder to be noticed. And I think we asked you some questions beforehand, which some people know, some people don't. And that's what stuck out to me the most is how 
because you weren't um, like everyone else. You felt like you had to go down different avenues. It sounds like more for like function, like career based as well. Um, But also because it was something that was an option that didn't have anything to do with what you looked like. Um, I'm curious to know, I know you've said a little bit of like, this is what I did practically um, to be resilient around that, but how did it affect how you felt about yourself in the performing industry? And then also kind of like emotionally. Yeah, no, for sure. It's definitely something that I still struggle with. And I've seen people talking about like vocal trauma a lot more recently. And that's something that's resonated with me a ton. Like it wasn't something that I've ever thought about, but my voice is probably the thing as a performer that I'm the most insecure about. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I love to dance and act. And I knew that those are my strengths growing up. And I knew that singing was the area that I was like, I don't think I'm as good. Right. And obviously I had experiences where I was told that by people. And so that deteriorated my confidence. Mm -hmm. And um, it's something that I still struggle with this aspect of like, people have told me certain things and it's impacted the way that I see myself and my voice specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's kind of just taking ownership back of that right now and knowing that like their words aren't what my voice is. And I need to be able to hear that and see that for myself. Um, But in regards to like mental health and stuff over the years, um, there were definitely times where I was in such dark places because of all of this. I know um, my senior year specifically was really tough and my junior year, but my senior year, I was going for like my senior musical, right? Like it was going to be my one time. And my school had a thing where like they choose the show for the seniors to showcase them on their last thing. And I was one of the, there were only a couple of seniors in the show. And so we were like, okay, this is our chance. The show gets picked. We're like, okay. And so we go for it. It was Susical. We're like, okay. And I'm like, okay, so I'm Gertrude, right? Like that's what makes sense logically. I get through the audition process. I know that I'm in the final few and I'm like, oh my gosh, like all the other girls are way younger than me. They're like sophomores, juniors, maybe even freshmen. And I was so nervous, but I also knew that this was my last thing at high school. I did 20 shows at my high school wow. in four years. Intense. Yeah. <laughs> was it a performing high school or? No. It Mm-mm. wasn't. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's like in any aspect. So like I also, some of those were like directing middle school shows and stuff, but 20 okay. total. Amazing. And so um, I was like, this is my last hurrah. And I was so close with everyone at my high school arts department. Like people would call me and be like, Hey, can you come sub this class? Like I'm a senior in high school and I'm subbing people's classes. Like that was just the relationship I had with that group First student director. I did so much. And so, um, I was kind of expecting, not expecting the role, but I really, really wanted it. And I thought that I'd earned it because I'd put so much into this department for so many years. And, they had never really given me a chance as a performer. Like they would mm-hmm. let me student direct and I would do all these things and I won these awards. But as a performer, I had two other opportunities that I had a bigger role um, that I can count. Mm-hmm. And every other one of them, I was ensemble. I'm ideal ensemble person. I know that. Like I love ensemble and ensemble on Broadway, please sign me up. But in high school, <laughs> I wanted one experience as the lead in a musical, you know, like, I feel like a yeah. lot of people can resonate with that. And like, it was just what I really wanted <laughs> and I didn't get it. I didn't get Gertrude. Mm-hmm. I didn't get understudy Gertrude. I got understudy Maisie. Remember mm-hmm. I'm 4'11", right? Yeah. It was just one of those things where it was like, 
where did they see that coming from? Like, it didn't make sense to anybody. And they didn't really have a real reason for me. Um, my director was like, you know what, someday you're going to win a Tony and you're going to say, F that guy that didn't give me the role. And I'm <laughs> like, that's not a reason to not give me the role, right? Mm-hmm, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I was like, Ugh. and so the problem with all of this was, yeah, that was a shot to my confidence. But the worst part was it was as I was heading into college auditions, mm-hmm. like a time where I was doing work that would affect the rest of my life. And mm-hmm. that was so horrible for me because I had to sit there knowing that I wasn't good enough to get this role or thinking I wasn't good enough to get this role at my high school. How was I going to compare to anybody else in the country to get into this college program, this BFA program, these BFA program, oh my gosh, <laughs> this, <laughs> these BFA programs that are like 30 kids, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, that was probably one of the times where I had to work through these emotions so much. And it was a lot mm. of crying. It was a lot of nights cuddling with my mom and just like <laughs> sobbing my heart out and not listening to show tunes for a while and not listening to Disney and just taking that step away to be like, yes. I needed to like come to terms with myself as a person, not just a performer. Um, mm. And once I did that and I learned and I came to terms with the fact that my worth was not defined by this one show or my experiences Mm. in high school. And I worked on my material. I didn't have a coach for college auditions. I did everything by myself, which looking back, I don't know how I did it. (laughs) Like looking back, I would totally get a coach. (laughs) I did everything on my own. And that made the process that much more rewarding as I was flying around the country and going to these auditions with my mom. And I'd go in the room. And at that point, I didn't feel the weight of it. I was like, you know what? I'm going to be where I'm meant to be. And I had to let go of those insecurities and everything because in a college audition, you have 15 minutes max. That's it. And if you don't show them everything you can do, then they're never going to know, right? And so you had Mm -hmm. to let go of the pressure you were putting on yourself. Otherwise, you would freak out. Like there were auditions where I did panic, but going into specifically NYU, which was my dream school, I walked in and I was sitting in the information session before shaking, right? And I was like, you know what, Alyssa? Most likely you're not going to get in, which is not the thing I should have said to myself, but that's what I said. And then I was like, sometimes, but you know, yeah. But then I was like, you know what? Just have fun, right? Like just be yourself because the reality is there's nobody out there that's like me, not a single person, right? And so they don't want 50 Sutton Fosters. That's not what they're looking for. And so I had to tell myself, you know what, you are enough in your own skin in this moment, whatever comes out, you're going to be fine. And so I had to just let everything go. And I think, and the thing that's really cool is my NYU audition. I think it's the one audition where I actually did that. I had no expectations. I let the pressure off of myself. I was my full authentic self for those 15 minutes. I walked out like smiling and laughing. I was like, I don't think I got in, but that was so much fun. And then when I got in, I was like, I knew that I was going to the right school because I knew it was a situation where I was myself. And so Mm. I feel like that's the thing that I've been able to come to terms with over the years of like so many situations like this, where I'm feeling like I'm not good enough and all of these things, but it doesn't matter what anyone else tells me. I have to feel it in myself and find a way to get there. And for me, it's working through those emotions. It's feeling everything. If I try and push it away, it'll bottle up, bottle up and then explode. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's just not it. So I have to 
feel everything in the moment that it happens and just let myself fully process it as I go along and be nice to myself (laughs) because (laughs) like I'm a human and I know I care so much about other people and sometimes it's about you just have to take that moment to care for yourself too. So Mm. So mature. I was just going to say that like you are wildly mature because Mm. Well, I feel like I can relate to your story in a way because I had a similar experience my senior year. I went to um I went to an arts high school, but I didn't get like into a piece that I really wanted to be in um my senior year and that piece it was it was the Martha Graham piece. So, you know, <laughs> Martha Graham company came to set the piece on the school and I felt like I was the modern dancer, right? And I was, you know, going to go to college for modern dance. So I had to be in this piece or else, you know, I wasn't good enough and I didn't get into the piece. And, you know, they put me in another piece where I got to be featured, but in my mind that didn't matter. I was like, no, but I didn't get into the Martha Graham piece. I'm not worthy. And I'm impressed with the way you were able to kind of work through those emotions. I, I, don't know if a lot of young people maybe have those tools. So, you know, I I know you said you, you know, you let yourself feel it. Are there any other like specific tactics that like any other specific, like tangible things you can like offer people who young performers who might be going through that? Like how, how can they work through those emotions? Or even like, where did you even get the idea of just letting go? Like sometimes it's a learned behavior, like from family, friends, somebody that you've admired or, like what, what made you feel like that was the right choice to, to feel that way or to do that? Yeah. So with the letting go thing, it was definitely learned for me from myself because in the past I didn't do that. Like I had so many experiences where I hung on to things and I let it bottle up. And then the explosion just was a hundred times worse than if I just let myself feel it. Because I know with this cast list, if I had just sat there and been like, no, I'm fine. And gone on with my life it would have bottled up and exploded probably at a horrible moment in a rehearsal or like, you know what I mean? Like worst case scenario. Mm -hmm. But instead I, for the next like maybe month, I was pretty sad. Like a while I I let myself be sad and sit in it and think about everything. And what helps me is like actionable items that, that I can do to make the experience better. Because I knew that sitting there in this rehearsal room, with a cast of all the leads being younger than me who had gotten leads over me in the past. And I just, I knew that I wasn't being given an equal opportunity to these people and it was tough, but I knew that I needed to do something about it. Like I wasn't going to be okay to just be in that room and I wasn't going to quit the show either. It's my senior musical. No one's going to take that from me. And so what I did was I learned something about myself that I've always associated with, especially in high school theater, but in college too, I associate the lead as the leader and that is not Mm. the case. And that's what I learned in this show because I know that I was a leader at my high school, right? I was, I helped choreograph that show as well. I was like an assistant choreographer for Susical and I helped with a lot of directing parts of it too. I stepped up wherever I was needed. I was totally like the backstage mom coordinator telling people what to do. I took costume measurements. Like I, I just did whatever. I but love that you before that. the process, before the process started, I was like, I didn't get the lead. So I'm not going to be the leader. Like, what am I going to do the year before 
um, at, when I was a junior, I still was a leader, right? I would run the warmups. I would do this. I would do that. Like I, I did a lot of that stuff. And for some reason in my mind, one of the things that was taken away from me when I didn't get that lead role was my leadership. And the more I talked about it and thought about it with yes. my family and some of my friends was that's not the case, right? Like that role isn't what defines like leadership and those values and what I'm looking for. And so I sat down and came up with like a list of actionable things that like would make me feel better and make my process better. And I went to my directors with it. And I had said like, I, I talked to them about having an understudy show the previous year. And they're like, okay, we'll think about it for next year. And they agreed and they said, you're in charge of it. So I directed the understudy show. I worked with the understudies and I put on the understudy show. And I came to them and I'd said, okay, I want to do the understudy show and I want to help with it. I didn't realize I would be in charge, but I was. And then I was like, I want to run rehearsals in the sense that I want to be the one who does warmups. And then I want to help you guys. Like I want to be on the creative team a little bit. And I gave them a list of things of different other suggestions as well of like, oh, I wanted to do, I wanted to start doing a spirit week, the week of the show and like have everyone dress up each day. And I had a list of ideas of different things. And I wanted to make families in rehearsals. So like you meet in your family group at the end of rehearsal. And I created a list of all of these different ideas I had and things that I still wanted to do. I took it to them and they were like, okay, sure. Right. Like, sounds good. And I was like, okay. Right. So that was something that I did that made me feel better because I knew those actionable items that would make the experience better for me would, was what would get me through it. And I think that's something that you can apply to so many different situations in life of just like, if there's any disappointment or even discomfort or anything, if you can't get out of the situation or if you don't want to, find the ways that you can make it better for yourself and do something about it. And that's what helps me because if I just sat there and didn't do anything, I would have been miserable that whole time. And that would have put a damper on the last year of my life because my last moment at my high school was my final bow on the understudy performance. We never went back to school because of the pandemic. So oh that would have set the tone for time mm-hmm. right so I don't know Ugh. I feel like that's something that I think is really important I love that so much you were basically honoring your strengths you knew that you were strong in that leadership and you took ownership of that as opposed to living in living in that emotion of of negativity and sadness and you turned it back around and made it into a moment of strength I love that um it's funny that you and Danny have the the same story of like having a challenge when you're young and then having to learn that at such a young age. I had the opposite experience, which most people don't have, which is where like I got things more often than not. So I was kind of like a big fish in a small pond. And then I had to learn failure at an older age, which actually was a lot harder. So I really commend the way that you've stepped up to this experience and same with you, Danny. Like I feel like when you go through something like that at such a young age, you learn those things um, earlier on, which help you get through them because I will say like, you know, having to leave an industry the way that I did was, was very difficult um, when it was something that I, that could have happened younger and I could have learned those tactics that you said at a younger age, you know? Mm-hmm. Amazing. Well, I want to ask you, cause you talked about your high school experience and like the impact that you made 
on the community and on the arts department. I want to know kind of what impact do you think you made or what impact do you want to make on those kids or on that community or yeah. How do you feel? Um, so looking back at high school, I definitely like, I still talk to a lot of the younger kids that I got to work with because not only was I a performer in shows with them, but I was a student director. I would direct or choreograph shows that they were in. Um, and I just wanted to show them the theater was fun and that it was a fun place because there'd be some kids who'd be there, um, in a required show, right. It was like a required class and they were like, Oh, whatever. But I was like, no, you're going to have fun because this is so fun. Right. And I was like, theater is really just playing. Like I would, I just tried to make it a fun, brighter experience because high school, middle school is just so hard. Right. And like, that's all I wanted to do for them and just remind them of like those little joys and like this family. And like my main thing that I always say is you're not alone. Right. And that was what theater served as a reminder as for so many people. And I wanted to share that gift with people. And I think I left that on high school, but I think I'm doing it more so now than ever, which is so cool. Right. And so now with my theater company, this is where I'm able to really make that impact because this is a time when we all feel alone, right? We're all alone in our rooms, but <laughs> somehow I started this company and we have like a theater family through a Zoom screen across countries, literally all over the world, which is like beyond mm. my belief. So amazing. <laughs> but it's so wow. cool. And that's something that I'm really proud of. And I hope, and I know I have kids from my high school and middle school who are in the company now and like doing classes and stuff which is so fun to see um but yeah I love that's what I love so that's amazing that kind of well nice transition because I do want to ask you about the virtual theater company um yeah how did it how did it get started like how did you I mean obviously you know pandemic inspiration (laughs) but yeah how did you get started with it like you know, what's the mission of the virtual theater company? Um, yeah. Just tell us about it. Yeah. So I totally had a light bulb moment with this. Everyone's like, really? Like you weren't just like planning. No, I literally took a nap in the middle <laughs> of the day. <laughs> like I woke up, I woke up from my I nap. I love it. You had a digital download. Love <laughs> exactly. It. Love so I took my nap. I woke up at 10 PM and I was like, I know what I want to do. And <gasps> right before this, right before my nap, my, one of my friends in high school, like she's still in high school she called me crying and she's like Alyssa Susical was my last show too they canceled the musical and I was like oh no and then I started hearing things from other people about not just shows being canceled but arts departments not getting funding and things like this happening all over the country and my heart was just breaking because like I said theater is this family it's this safe split it's this safe haven in the nasty world of high school middle school elementary school and so yeah. I was like, that cannot happen. And so I took this nap. I don't, I tired, I guess. I don't know. Bored, <laughs> probably bored. Probably. Right. <laughs> and it was in the middle of summer. I was bored in the middle of a pandemic. I took a nap, woke up at 10 PM and I was like, I'm going to start my own theater company. And I remember I walked downstairs and I told my mom, I'm going to start my own theater company. She was like, okay, Alyssa, good night. And she went to bed. <laughs> and that night I stayed up all night And I literally made notes. I wrote everything out that I wanted to do. I started reaching out to people. And by the morning, I had a theater company started. Like I had the basics 
of a theater company because I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted to bring the arts to all of these people who don't have it right now in somewhat of the same way that still has that magic. And I knew that I wanted to do it with all like college aged theater makers. Mm-hmm. And so everyone involved who's like on the creative team, who's teaching classes or directing productions or whatever, they're all either in a BFA program or in college for theater, or they've graduated college for theater um, and they're a working performer right now. But that's kind of the age range that leads it. And we cater to kids who are like literally four. I have I teach a Disney dance class to four. Oh year olds. my god! So <laughs> um, and so little four-year-olds all the way to kids older than us. Like I have a 30 year old in some of my productions and I'm mm-hmm. like, Hey, like this is so fun. And so it's been so cool because we also span over 17 countries, which I get so wow. excited to say. 17? Oh my 17. gosh. They're everywhere. Amazing. And it's so cool because some of the kids are like, I live in Jakarta and I've never been able to do theater before. I live in Indonesia and it was never offered here, oh. but now because of the pandemic, I get to try it out. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like my heart. Tears, tears. Right? And so my whole thing, my mission with TVTSE is to create a safe space for young artists all over the world. And specifically, I want to change the the theater industry to become more inclusive, more accessible, and more diverse. Mm. And in all of the different meanings for that. So I want so many things. (laughs) I want so many things. But my theater company, <laughs> um, I want my theater company to kind of be the vessel to cause this change in the theater industry, because I do believe that the youth and the young artists that are up and coming are the people who are going to be changing the industry. Mm-hmm. And so giving tools to them right now where people my age, they're learning how to work with kids, they're perfecting their crafts, they're getting to work on passion projects. And then for the kids just to get this arts education and to create this theater family and to get to see what kids like them are doing. And like the community is just so amazing. And I feel like we are making an impact, right? Like it's not something that I thought would happen right away. Um, I was expecting it to be very small, but we kind of took, like it was surprising to me how many people wanted this as much as I did. And especially that first night I reached out to people. I reached out to not just people that I knew. I reached out to people that were going to NYU that I like had kind of met at a couple events, but I didn't know super well, but I thought they'd be a good fit. I reached out to people that I'd worked with in Seattle. I reached out to other people in Seattle that I'd seen perform. Mm -hmm. And the the moment that I knew that this was necessary was when every single person that I reached out to said yes. I didn't get a single no. And I reached out to a lot of people and I didn't get a single no. And then from that moment, I was like, this is what I have to do. Mm -hmm. And it was not just about the pandemic, but the pandemic was what got to start it. And it's led to theater becoming more accessible, which is like crazy. We've had 17 Broadway stars, 17, 18, 18 That's Broadway amazing. stars. Amazing. And when would that ever happen before where they get, to, they just come in the Zoom room and they teach a class or they do a Q&A or they're watching my kids sing and dance and then they're giving <laughs> feedback. Like I just sit there sometimes and I'm like, I don't even know what to say. Like we got like we got a you Zoom bomb. You started this. I, I don't even believe it sometimes. But <laughs> we got a Zoom bomb from Taylor Louderman. And I remember she what I, I have a joke with the kids. I always do this now where I say, Oh my gosh, there's someone in the waiting room. And everyone knows that, that means that there's a Broadway person who's a Zoom bomb coming. Because Aww. I've done it a few times. Like the first time it was Mariah Rose Faith, and then she like sang us a song. And I'm oh like, my gosh. 
And then when Taylor Laberman came in, these kids faces, they're crying. And I was like, they're <laughs> all over the world. And all of us just had this moment that we got to experience together. And mm-hmm. we do classes, we do workshops, we do productions. We are doing like an original musical written by people on our team right now. Um, and we, Amazing. it's basically just this creative space for anyone and everyone to do whatever they want to do and mm-hmm. I just I love it it's my baby and it's my favorite oh thing ever <laughs> so inspiring like you just have so much passion and fire and you know I can just tell like how important this is for you and and I mean you I feel like you you know you put on all these hats when you were you know in high school so you really I felt like, you know, you really kind of were able to dabble in a lot of things. So I feel like it probably helped with your confidence and, you know, energy just going into this. Like I can do this, you know, and you, you develop such strong leadership skills. I think you, I mean, I don't, I feel like you are just naturally a leader, like clearly. So yes, I could see that. (laughs) Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have incredible leadership skills. I can just tell. Mm. And it's so funny how you're like, I was so surprised that everybody said yes. I am not surprised that everyone said yes. Because you came in with this strong mission and everybody needs this right now. Yes. And not only like was it your dream, but it was everybody else's dream too. Like I'm sure there are so many other people that want this industry to be what you said, inclusive, make it accessible. And this does that. And I think people were just waiting for the right person to create something for them to jump on board. You know, some of us create things, some of us, um, jump on board with other, with other things and, and you're the creator. So So be proud of that. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes. And speaking of proud, and we ask a lot of people, I think, because we have a little bit of older guests come on most of the time. Um, and we ask them the question of, you know, what would you tell your younger self? Um, you're already pretty young. So we want to ask you, you know, what do you want your future self to be proud of for you right now? I, I think for me, the most important thing is empowering others and making the world a better place. And I would tell my future self, I hope you're still doing that because <laughs> that's all that I want to do. And I think art, I've said this before, but I think art, is the most powerful form of change in the world. Mm -hmm. And I think as long as I keep changing the world through art, I'll be happy. And that's all I want. And so, um, I mean, art is universal, right? Everyone understands art from wherever you are in the world. Some art can make you feel the exact same way. It crosses all barriers of language, of race, of everything. And so, um, I just would tell myself, I hope you're still creating art and I hope you're still changing the world because that's all, that's all that I think I want to do with my life, right? Like I just want to spread love, empower others. And I know that art is my mode and my method to doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I hope I'm doing that and I hope I'm proud of whatever I'm doing with it. Oh, it's a beautiful gateway art. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great answer. (laughs) On another note, based on your experience, what advice would you give to younger performers and specifically performers of color? Mm. So I said these two things a lot, even during this interview, but I think they're the most important things. You are enough and you are not alone because those are two things that you can forget so easily. You can tell yourself them every single day and you still forget them and don't feel that way. And so 
if you don't have anybody else in your life telling you those things, this is me telling you those things right now. You are enough and you are not alone. There are so many other people in this world who have your back and who are cheering you on and who love you so much, even people you haven't even met yet. And I think that's so important to remember because the world can seem so big, bad, scary and isolating, especially in a time like right now. Um, and it can feel like the whole world is going against you, but it's so important to know that it's not. There are people out there who love you and care for you and are going to work hard to make it a better place for you. Um, and then for performers specifically, you are enough and don't let anybody else tell you otherwise. This is an That's industry great. where we care so much about what other people think. Our jobs literally rely on what other people think of us and True. what other people perceive about us. But you have to be able to find it in yourself to love yourself and know that you are enough because it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. Nothing, none of those other things define you except who you are and you are enough just as you are. Mm. Preach you are girl. Wise beyond your years. I love it. <laughs> it's just funny. Like I just wish that I feel everyone... like I was so immature when I was your like I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I know. I wish that like every performer well felt that same way because it takes years and years of like finding who you are and discovering who you are and going through all these experiences to really feel that way. And I just love how, you know, you've learned this at such a young age and it's just going to keep getting better and you're going to inspire more people. And this is important work. Yeah. I mean, you had like, you had certain experiences when you were younger mm -hmm. that, you know, kind of matured you faster. I feel like. Yeah. Mm. Okay. We have one more question before we get into some rapid fire questions. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> the anticipation. Nothing. <laughs> don't be, don't be too. Okay. Don't be okay. They're not that serious. <laughs> um, okay. How do you maintain your sense of um, groundedness and stability while you push yourself so hard and have these big dreams and dreams of changing the world and being a superhero? <laughs> um, I don't know. I feel like a lot of the things that bring me joy are really simple things. And I think mm -hmm. that keeps me really grounded. Like my favorite thing to do at the end of a day is go watch a Disney movie with my family because I really oh love God. Disney. I love it. Oh yeah. I see that. If you guys um, can't see on the podcast, she has a magic lamp in the background. It's, yes. Yes. I was going to comment on it. Yes. So um, I feel like it's, that's something that keeps me really grounded is my family and like the other things that bring me joy in life because mm -hmm. um, I can push myself all day, but what keeps me grounded and like in reality and like is knowing that every single night I can go hug my mom and my dad and my sisters mm -hmm. and I have my dog. And even if I'm not with them, I can call them. And even just knowing they're there is something that's super important to me. Um, and just knowing that I'm with myself and I know myself, if that makes sense. So it's something where like, I know at the end of the day, maybe I just want to go to bed and I know myself and I can go do that. Or maybe I want to go to mosque. And that's something that keeps me super grounded and brings me so much joy. Um, and I know something else is when I talk to my grandma, that's one of my favorite moments is when I get to talk to my grandma. Um, and I don't know. There's so many little things, like whether it's calling a friend or reading a book. Um, I love chocolate milk. That's something else that's really random about me. But going and drinking so some cute. chocolate milk. It's really nice. So and so cute. it's those small things, I think, that keep me really grounded. And um, 
I definitely am a big dreamer and my head goes up in the clouds a lot. And so having those things that I can do right now that I know um, bring me joy and make me smile, that's nice. And so I like to do that. <laughs> I love that. I love that your, what keeps you grounded is your family and your relationships mm, and like, mm -hmm. yeah, your deep sense of identity. I think that's really, really important. I love that you brought mm. that up. Yeah. And I love the simple things too, because I love that you love Disney. I love Disney too. I feel like those Same. Thing, anything like nostalgic to me brings me so much comfort. So I can totally relate. Oh my God. Ugh. Yeah. Wait, I have another random question. Do you know okay. your, um, well, what's your like uh, Zodiac sign? Do you know like your sun, do you know your moon and your rising sign? Or? I don't know my moon and rising, but my Zodiac side is Gemini. And I check my Zodiac. Oh, okay. I don't know why I forget my sun, moon, rising all the time. But that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, go back and find it and then let me know. I will. I will. Danny's really into that right now. I tried to get a book the other day at Barnes and Noble and I couldn't find it. Oh um, my God. But I know so I need it. I know I need to dig. I need to dig. Yeah. So good. <laughs> Well, we do have some fun little rapid fire questions. We have four we usually ask our guests. They vary a little bit except for the last one, but um, no need to answer like super fast or anything, but <laughs> okay. these are just more simple questions. So number one, who is your favorite guest that you had in your Broadway workshop? I mean, oh, not to play favorites, but. But play favorites. Yeah. <laughs> I think I have three that I'll say. Go for it. That's okay. okay. So the first one is Kate Lowpressed because mm. I think she's like the epitome of like a working actress and she is so sweet. She's come in a few times now. She has the funniest stories and like she is just so hardworking and I feel like that's something that I don't know like one of the kids said it really well. They were like it's so cool to see these Broadway performers that feel more attainable. Mm. <laughs> like it feels like people yes. like it's yes. not Sutton Foster, Taylor Louderman, where like, you're like, I don't think I could ever. It's someone who is incredible and so hardworking and they got there because of their hard work and you can kind of see yourself in them a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. And yes. so that she's definitely someone that I really look up to and I loved having. Mm -hmm. Another one is JJ Neiman, who's a TikTok star now and he's <laughs> so funny and he's so kind. Um, and it's Amazing. so inspiring to me because he got on Broadway three days after he graduated college. Wow. So he's just like wow. incredible and he is so grounded and so funny and mm -hmm. so sweet and kind hearted. Like he remembers me all the time now and he like responds when I message him on Instagram and he's come in so many times with TVTC and everyone just loves his energy. Um, and so he's another one. And then the last one that I'll say is Hannah Jewel Cohn from Frozen's national tour. Um, mm -hmm. because we really connected. I take her meditation classes now, which is so fun. Hey, um, awesome. and she, we connected so much that she brought me onto her creative team for her company called bringing you Broadway. Um, mm -hmm. when she works on bringing Broadway to kids with special needs all over the country. And so it's so cool. And, I feel like those are the three people that stand out to me. But with Hannah, it's really special because we're friends now, which is also crazy. But yeah, <laughs> those are my favorites. That's <laughs> awesome. I love that. I love that as well. Uh, okay, next question. Who is someone other than the people you said, or it can be whoever you said, who is someone <laughs> who inspires you right now? Um, oh, my gosh, so hard. I really love Rachel Zegler. Um, because I feel like her story of like performing in high school and then growing up um, and then getting on Broadway is so cool or getting in like 
the movie, uh, the West Side Story movie, and then now she's totally going to be on Broadway. Um, <laughs> a lot of like the younger performers on Broadway stand out to me, like Andrew Barth Feldman, Renee Rapp. Those are definitely people that I see myself in a lot. And like, they just seem like such cool people to be friends with. Um, mm. So I would say them. And then I also just love Caroline Bowman. I don't know. I love Caroline Bowman so much. <laughs> I feel like I'm not, I'm a little out of touch with uh, all the Broadway stars, but um, I'm going to Google know the all ones. of these people. <sighs> oh, Kristen mm. Bell. I didn't say Kristen well, Bell. Well, okay. <sighs> Kristen no, we Bell know her. and we Naomi know her. Scott. Naomi Scott's the mm. other one. I always forget to say her um, because it's movies, but I I love her so much. Can Again, a lot of lamp. I, <laughs> I love her. And I specifically That's love so her singing cute. Speechless. That's my life goal, mm. to sing Speechless Aww. like she does. <laughs> oh, love it. Amazing. Um, number three, what is your favorite self-care practice? Ooh, I know I already said Disney movies, but it's probably watching Disney movies. Um, <laughs> I, I do love taking a long hot bath or singing in the shower. That's always the best feeling because you're, you're so open in your vocal cords when you sing. You sound um, so good in the shower. I love right? it. Right? <laughs> so I love doing that. And then just watching Disney movies with my friends or family. So What's your fun. favorite Disney movie? I I am forever indebted to Aladdin, but specifically the yes. live action though. Specifically, mm. I like wow. the live action. But my other two favorites are Frozen and Tangled. Mm. Oh, love. Good choices. Love. Yeah. <laughs> I love all of those. Okay, last question. And we ask all of our guests this. What does on stage with wellness mean to you? Um, I think it means just taking the time with yourself to understand your body and understand your mind and your heart and your soul and being able to take care of all of it really, really well so that you can give the best performance on stage and you can be the best performer in person you can be. But the only way you can do that is taking care of yourself. I know firsthand about injury and putting it away. I got injured during the run of a show and I pushed it away and ignored it for three years. And then a month ago, I found out with, I got the two herniated discs and I have a chronic ankle sprain and now I have to do PT and heal it. Um, and I know now looking back, I wasn't at my best all of the years I've been performing since I had that injury because I wasn't taking care of myself. And obviously it takes a toll on your mental health. And um, I think that's another thing that's so important is to take care of your mental health and take care of yourself in all of the different ways that you can possibly do it. Um, sometimes it feels selfish, but it's so not though, especially with performers, right? Like you give so much mm -hmm. to other people. It feels selfish to take care of yourself. But, um, the way that one person told me to think of Abby from the Rockettes, <laughs> the way that she told me to think of it is if you're taking care of yourself, then you're going to be a better performer and you're going to be able to give more to others. You can't yes. give your full self to others if your full self is broken. And so you have to take 100%. care of yourself first. Yeah. I love that answer. And because of what you do, like you are leading like this generation of performers and mm. you are on a mission to impact the world and make theater accessible. It's like, you have to take care of yourself. Like mm -hmm. you actually are the number one priority because you have this huge grander mission. Mm. 
Uh, you are a force. You yes. are a force. Everybody, follow this girl. Watch she out. is on fire. <laughs> She's changing the world over here. She is. Uh, I love oh it. So God. inspiring. It was such a pleasure Thank talking you. to you. It was uh, so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Where can our audience find you, Alyssa? Um, my Instagram is at Alyssa Jawani, and my theater company's Instagram is at The Virtual Theater Co. And then you can find us online at alyssajawani.com or thevirtualtheaterco.com. <laughs> I love that. And we'll put all those links in the show notes, obviously. But we loved having you. You are such a light, such a light that I want in my life all the time. <laughs> I wish I could talk to someone so positive all the time, just who knows themselves so well. So. We so appreciate you coming on. Yeah, love what you're doing. Thank you. (laughs) Hey, creatives. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode. We are beyond grateful for your interest and support in our conversation. We hope you'll tune in each week for fresh new content and some inspiration from wherever you are in the world. Whether you're a working performer right now or not, we know that you'll benefit from listening to this podcast. At this time, it's vital that we all support each other. So make sure to share this episode with a fellow creative who needs to hear this. If you like what you hear, write us a review on iTunes. Share with us what you liked and what you want to hear more of. This will help us with our mission to support performers with their health and wellness goals. If you write us a review, make sure to email it to us at onstagewithwellness@gmail.com at gmail.com to snag our free meal planning guide. This resource will give you some ideas for a full day of clean eating, plus tips for how you can plan your meals for sustainable energy. Join in our conversation from today's episode over on Facebook and Instagram at Onstage with Wellness. We love hearing and connecting with our listeners from all over the world. Follow Danny at Danny Nicole Wellness and Gina at Fully Loving You. All the links you need will be in the show notes. We can't wait to see you there. Until next time, performers, remember, you know enough, you have enough, and you are enough.